Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during this show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> Good morning. Dr. Sullivan, thank you for being here this morning. Oh, you're very, very welcome. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. Looking forward to your show. And tell us what, what the topic is this morning. Uh, we have a very, very, we have a wonderful guest. Tell us a, a long, wonderful story. Um, her, yeah, she's a client and a friend. Her name is Joy Hafer, and it's the story of her dog, Hondo. And her dog, um, she and I met in kind of a post-crisis situation where her dog had just come out of the emergency room after some pretty serious, serious um, problems and treatment. So we have been basically slogging through treatment on this very interesting dog who um, presents us with challenges on a Initially, it was a daily basis, and now we're down to probably a weekly or every other weekly basis. But um, Joy Joy is a real, uh, real gem, and uh, her dog is wonderful, wonderful. But there's a lot to learn from her case. Hello. We're standing by for Joy to join us. And in the meantime, we have some emails that came in last week from your show. Okay. Uh, If you could just give me one second to let Joy know that uh, she was kind of on standby, that would be great. Okay. Right back to you. All right. Thank you. So, Dr. O'Sullivan is very unique in her veterinary practice. Um, she takes a holistic approach that we commonly associate with adults, and with, well, not just adults, but with human beings, and applies it to the care of animals and exotic animals that are included in her training. Um, it's really amazing what she's been able to do with the use of acupuncture, vitamins, herbs, and other holistic treatments in extending the life um, and the quality of life for pets. So thank you so much for joining her today on Sylvia Global. All right. We're back. We're back. Joy should be with us any moment now. So did you have some questions you wanted to ask me? Yes, you had a question come in last week from Cleveland, Ohio, and the listener wanted to know if you had any success stories associated with equestrian care and acupuncture. Oh, my gosh, yes. Personally, I, I'm specializing in small animals and exotics at this point, but the, during schooling and definitely with my um, um, other veterinarians that practice with equine, especially out of California, some wonderful, wonderful success stories. Um, and that can be with herbals and nutrition, but acupuncture and chiropractic with equines, along with some stress management depending on their situation, does have um, qu- quite wonderful results, quite wonderful results. And we learned a lot about 
issues that the horses many times won't tell us, whether it's a bad, you know, ill-fitting saddle or having pain in a pole which is behind their ears because of whether it's stress or the different kinds of bits that they're wearing or um, the jobs that they do, uh, things that are sometimes hard to locate or the horses don't tell us that in a standard veterinary uh, examination with traditionals. And um, a lot of times when we go at it from a uh, traditional Chinese medicine approach, we can palpate certain points and use needles and moxa and uh, electrostimulation and chiropractic can get really immediate and sometimes prolonged um, results with these guys and make them feel better. Absolutely. But, um, how does someone, another question came in, uh, actually from South Dakota, uh, wanting to uh-huh. know how they can go about finding a veterinarian in their area that has a similar philosophy. Okay. There are there are a couple of national organizations, uh, the whole uh, holistic veterinary medical association that has a wide range of practitioners that um, practice non conventional or alternative or whatever the right word is these days. But the school I went to with the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, so it's IVAS, I V A S, you can go online and they'll say, locate a veterinarian in your area, and you just put in your zip code, and it'll drop down all of the veterinarians of um, whether they're small or large or um, um, exotics and in your area, along with their other training, where they're located, and all their contact information. And there is a, another one. It's called the Chi Institute, so it's C-H-I, and you can look them up or call them and they'll give you practitioners as close to you as possible. And then you're just going to have to contact them and see what their philosophies and what kind of modalities they're using. So it's a really good place to start. Wonderful. I think your guest has joined you. Joy? Is she? Hello. Hi, Joy. Good morning. I'm going to turn the Hello. show over to the show host, Dr. Caroline O'Sullivan. Wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Hi, Joy. How are you this morning? Doing well. Thank you. All right. Good deal. Um, I have given an intro about you and how wonderful you are and how wonderful <laughs> your dog is and how challenging your dog is. Um, uh, yes. And I, I, <laughs> I started by saying that he used to provide us with daily challenges, and now we're down to weekly or every other week weekly challenges. So oh, yes. I think we're making progress. And that, uh, <laughs> and exactly. That, that um, you and I and he had met after she came out of kind of a crisis where he had some pretty amazing um, things happening in his body. And yeah. I thought maybe we could start there. And then um, I know that you have some things that you would like to tell the listeners, which I think are extremely important because the way I look at things from where I sit and where you look at things from having to live with him and what his needs and his wants and his emotions 24-7 are a titch different, aren't they? Ah, yes. <laughs> a little bit. Um, well, we started out um, over um, the uh, winter holidays. Um, uh, he He's always had allergies. And um, he had been on... Um, uh, in traditional veterinary, uh, all, the only thing they could really come up with was here, give him um, prednisone when it flares up. And I, I didn't, never liked it. 
um, because it, I knew it was a steroid. I knew it could have major side effects, um, although I didn't realize the extent of the side effects. Um, but over the winter holidays, he started vomiting blood, um, quite a bit of it. And because um, up here uh, in our town we did not have a way to do t- blood transfusions, um, the vet sent me down um, to Phoenix um, and uh, we put him in an emergency um, veterinary center down there. And uh, he was in there for probably four days, I think it was, before they sent him home. They never did have to give him a transfusion. Um, they never really told us what it was. Um, they didn't know. So I got him back up here, looked at his gums. They were incredibly pale again, rushed him back to my traditional vet. He goes, yeah, you might want to go back down. This is in the period of probably... Well, it takes me two hours to get down there, so <laughs> probably in a period of about six hours, I'm back down in Phoenix, um, and they check him back in, and this time they did a scope and came up with a bleeding tumor, um, and they never, they would say that, well, prednisone has been known to cause them, but it's not normal, it doesn't happen that often, but really, it came down to that's the only thing we could bring it down to, and um, took him back up. Um, after all of this, uh, and um, then they were going to give him antibiotics. And it was the same type of antibiotics that I would take, and I know how they react myself. (laughs) And they just rip my guts up when I take them. Um, They might kick whatever infection I have, but they rip me up. And I couldn't see the rationale of putting my dog on two antibiotics that's going to rip up his gut when he just got done bleeding out of his stomach. Right, right. Uh, and right. that's when, even though I had been driving by your office back and forth and back and forth <laughs> and thinking I needed to give you a call, um, I, that's when I finally gave you a call. And that's the position we were in at that point um, mm. with with the dog incredibly ill and not being able to give him anything for allergies anymore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I remember. Just, yeah, <laughs> vividly remember. etched in my mind. <laughs> can can you can you tell everybody a little bit about Hondo? Um, that he just who he is and what breed he is, and that his um, energy and maybe anxiety level type stuff. Great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Into our personality of our big boy. Oh yes. Um, he is a Catahoula leopard and um, hound dog, and we got him off of a ranch um, where they breed the working dogs and they use them um, and part of their everyday life. And we had had an excellent um, experience with a dog that had, um, I didn't go there to look for a dog, but this particular (laughs) dog adopted me, and we had had such wonderful um, experience with her that when we were in a position to have a second dog, um, we returned to look at the same same dog, and we did not go down there looking for um, a male puppy, And uh, but he, once again, chose us and right, right. Brought, him, brought him home, um, and he is now 11 years old. I think he was 10 when we first started going to you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he is a very, he's been an excellent dog, uh, very protective of the home. I never worry about anything. Uh, however, he is incredibly in tune to me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He is also right. incredibly intelligent, way too intelligent in my opinion. <laughs> uh, and um, 
and and any little emotional upset I might have, um, he tunes into it. Yes, and yes, he def- definitely does that, doesn't he? Oh um, yes. Right. And I think when so, I went to visit you, obviously I was pretty stressed out. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I remember. Yeah, I think you said something about me climbing out of my skin. Yeah, Um, and but we had just gone through all of that drama down in and with the the vet down in Phoenix, and and uh, because he is protective, I tend to hover over him, um, and I don't I don't want um, you know him getting out of hand. um, But I'm finding that most of that is me. Yeah, well, I can't. I, I've got to tell you that the truth is that I have that protective mommy thing all the time with my kids. You know, so uh-huh. the things that I can say as a doctor, and then when I get home, when my kids get sick or I have to go through surgeries, <laughs> I turn into I turn into insta client. I mean, like insta yeah. freaked out, hovering client. So there's just no harm in that. But the point that you make about your anxiety translating directly to him, and then him, you know, being so in tune with you, I think that. Sometimes we forget that that you know they're they're mirrors or they're sponges for us. So especially when he had gone through such a physical, you know, and such a draining and such a deficiency causing situation, right? It sounded like it was coming on for quite some time. Um, those are very important points to make when we try to um, help our, our our friends or loved ones by being you know what is calm or soothing and those types of things. That part of our relationship with them is so important and. So we, we, we did work on that for him, for sure, is mm-hmm. one of the major uh, issues. Now, I I have my notes in my memory that when I first met you guys, um, anxiety, blood mm-hmm. deficiency, which whether that was a traditional Chinese medicine diagnosis, which he was pale as a ghost and thin and those types and, and flaky white, you know, mm-hmm. and itchy itchies and, you know, those types of things. But clearly he was anemic. I mean, he was bleeding out, my goodness right. gracious. Leaky right. gut, you know, right. whole gut, your mouth, the anus, inflammation, okay, and then systemic inflammation, you know, because he's an allergy dog, right? And when Huge. we talk about inflammation, redness, heat, swelling, loss of function, pain, those are the th- the five pillars of inflammation. And unfortunately, Honda was a poster child for all of those for quite some time. Lucky us. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when so when we were together, I know that my thoughts were breast management, probiotics, thermogenic food. You know, make sure we keep him neutral. You know, we don't mm-hmm. heat him up with the foods he eats and herbals. And mm-hmm. that I think that whole theory lasted with him about five, three to five days before he and his body and just decided that all of my best laid plans were not going to do the job, as I recall. Um, and I wanted to encourage listeners for today to call us with any of your questions at 347-215-6138. We, Joy and I will be taking questions throughout the course of our show here until um, 10 a.m., um, so feel free to give us a call. Once again, that's uh, 347-215-6138. So, um, Joy, can you share with us a little bit about the transition or trying to get him on the probiotics or changes food or hand feeding him or trying to deal with no steroids, no anti-inflammatories in your itchy, bleeding dog? <laughs> <laughs> it's so um, big. Well, I think the the biggest thing um, was just to remember that it's not an instant thing. Um, I, I think I remember you saying something about um, for every year he's had this problem, you've got to look at a minimum of a month in re- recovering. 
And, um, you know, we're still on that path. Um, He's not perfect. Um, (laughs) But it was, I mean, I can remember us really, really starting on the um, food first. And, um, you know, it just changes your entire outlook on food, even what you're, you're eating yourself. Absolutely. Uh, and Absolutely. it's it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error. So we'll see if this works. And, okay, well, that didn't work so well. Let's try this one. And and um, we also had to take into consider not just his allergies but his anemia. Yes. So, you know, even though it wasn't the – you know the 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 neutral neutral food we still had to give him the liver and the high iron to to build him back up but yeah it was mm-hmm. a lot of cooking for him and um but you and you were was... fortunate that you cooked anyway correct you, you're, you're a <laughs> yes. I, I i'm such a hypocrite because i don't cook and i ask my clients all the time like okay or buy this or buy this or maybe you can cook that for them and for me it's so funny i said i have to i have to make full disclosure to my clients you know i don't cook if i can boil it or braise it of course, I'll feed it to my dogs, but I think that's why I'm such a such a big fan of raw diets because not only is it good for them if they can tolerate it, but I don't have to cook it. So yeah, unfortunately, we're not there yet for him. Right, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it got to the point where I was cooking, you know, for him and then seasoning it for my children. <laughs> so I think they were um, they were happy. We we eventually wound up, you know, switching over to a. a uh, uh, freeze dried, as far as with the, the, the dehydrated GMO free mm-hmm. raw food. Yeah. I guess I'm sorry. Yes, it's dehydrated, not freeze dried. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dehydrated. And then I, um, I, I cook up you know, the ground beef right now for him. Is where we're at at the moment, um, and <laughs> still working on it. Um, but that's what we're doing now for him. But it was a long road up to that. I mean, it it was you know okay. Well, do we try spinach or do we try uh, cabbage, or do we try this? And if that that might look good on paper, but maybe it's making him gassy, and you know, yeah, we're, we're peeling enough. paint off the walls. But um, <laughs> not to mention what it could, what was it was doing to him internally. Um, indeed, indeed, indeed. No, but as we were touching it, he was improving um, a little bit at a time. So, and that helped. Um, now with Hondo, seeing, we we had to be very careful with the thermogenics of food. Like, what foods cause your GI tract to warm up? What foods right. are kind of neutral? What foods have a tendency to heat up digestion? And I often use the analogy that humans have the choice of choosing a spicy burrito versus lemonade. You know, we know that it's going to make our our stomach burn or our start sweating or we're going to heat going to heat us up or we choose. Um, hot foods during cold weather or the lemonade or something cool like cucumber soup during the weather that we we want to cool our bodies down, right? So um, our dogs, our, our, all of our non-human loved ones, they don't have the choice, you know, so, so we're responsible for having that kind of information. So the food we put in front of them, the more information we have about how it's actually being processed in the body to either make our our heat situation a little worse or it's trying to make things more neutral. So the food front, not only good food from the earth without any genetic modification, without high processing, without chemicals, of course are ideal, but the thermogenic, especially in Hondo's case where he was just so darn hot, 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 um, (laughs) I think was a very important decision, but it also took away a lot of your options and I imagine up the frustration level a little bit is just I'm not, (laughs) <laughs> out of line with that. <laughs> no, you're not out of line by saying that. 
Yes, yes. It was it was very frustrating, and um, but you know, and like I said, you want this instant gratification, which is I think why a lot of people go to um, traditional vets. But there's just so much side effects that way, and at least with this, I felt like we were on the right track, yeah, and um, we are on the right track because well, right. I I firmly believe that if we had not done this, if I had gone strictly with the traditional and what had been recommended to me, I don't think he would be here today. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that he would not be here today. So it's been a long road, but he's here, um, and uh, we're, uh, you know, still getting enjoyment out of each other. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, mostly. now, that, 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 being, that being said, and I want to make sure that we kind of reiterate the fact that with traditional veterinary medicine, it's a very, very important piece of our options. And then I'm, I'm yes. a true believer. I used to practice traditional medicine for a long, long time. And that when we have our emergencies, when we need our surgeries, when we need our blood transfusions, when we have a crisis, Heck yeah, you know, get yeah. get to your traditional right now. And when it comes time to when the crisis is passed and we've used traditional medications to get us through that, then we start to think about first do no harm, right? So if we're right. on a medication that helped us be here today and we think about what organ groups or the GI tract or the food or anything else that might be going on, how do we protect those organs, that dog, that cat, that horse, that iguana, whatever, from the side effects of the needed Western medication. So it's definitely not exclusive or not. Um, and then for me, my goal is always to try to get them off of the medications that mm-hmm. have deleterious side effects. So with him, we didn't have a lot of choices because his prednisone was causing him harm, and that's one of the fundamentals, first do no harm. And, um, but he was tricky. Uh, in my opinion, he is this very complex, combination of excess as well as deficiency. So he is so excessive in his personality, well, not when I met him, but now, (laughs) his personality, his presentation, the amount of heat that was coming off of his body, the way his body reacted in, um, I guess, for lack of a better short version, trying to kill himself and trying to bleed out. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... When I met him, and even now, he's also so deficient. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. in need of so much, so many things in his mouth, you know, in his body. But he's also in need of comfort from you, in need of exercise. You know, the air we breathe, the food we eat, the exercise, the joy, the love, those types of things. He's very not. He's not deficient, but he just always needs that kind of input, in my opinion. But he's very complex, and I think that especially in the beginning, he would show us a different side of his needs almost daily in the very beginning. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that is probably the the, the biggest, um, the most important um, uh, aspect of, of having an animal um, is really to be tuned into them. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. we can feel when we have a belly ache, we can feel when we're off, but they can't. But if when you're sitting there and you watch them, you, you, can, you can really, if you spend time with them, you know when they're off. Um, mm-hmm. No matter, I mean, I've had horses, I've had many different animals, and they'll tell you they could look normal, all you know, and everything else, but you can tell something's off. And um, just to pay attention to that um, and your gut feeling about them, because no one knows them better than you do. Exactly. That, that what you just said about your gut feeling, 
the kind of, if you just pay attention to your personal intuition, you're like, ooh, something's off. Even when patients walk in the door here and sometimes when, when you and Honda walk in the door, you're like, ooh, what's going on? You just have a <laughs> sense of like, hmm, you know, so what, what's just happened or where have you guys been? And I guess it's none of my business, right? But it's just really <laughs> important. Like something's changed. Like, you know, you can just, you can feel it. And um, that's a huge part of medicine for me. And I, and my relationship with patient and client but um, it's something that I didn't have when I was doing traditional. I was just, you know, busy, go, go, go. Um, so he, Hondo, Hondo is, um, Hondo was, when I met him, a very anxious dog, very, I'm sure he felt horrible physically, and that there was a fear that he might be, a, you know, a little bit of a nipper or a biter or those types of things. And over the course of our relationship, or my relationship with Hondo has changed quite a bit as well. He's kind of a, you know, kind of comes in and says hi, you know, just kind of has just come more positive, um, like, okay, this is a fun place and we can do this. And I think that not being afraid to go to the doctor, not being afraid to go to the office, not being worried about the environment, or I think that that's very helpful for, you know, the majority of my patients. And I think that it's done right by Hondo as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes in and just kind of sprawls on the floor now um, <laughs> many times. So, I mean, there's days when I'm off. And I'm agitated, and it it reflects in him. Um, I've been sitting there getting, you know, having, you know, being cross with, you know, family members, and all of a sudden he sits up and just starts itching like crazy. I mean, it almost, I swear it triggers him. Um, and it's, it's, you know, or, I mean, it's it's it goes beyond just the raising voice that he starts shaking or anything like that. It it And it flares up like the next day I'll see it. Um, and it's a challenge when you're this connected with with emotionally and have an animal that reacts to you that strongly because he has a flare-up, I get stressed over his flare-up, he gets more stressed right. over my stress, and it's this vicious circle, and you have to learn to flip it off. <laughs> I'm working yeah, on that. Get, 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 the thing is, that regardless of whether it's our, our personal relationships with humans or non-humans, or those things, it's kind of a wind-up situation. That the more we do it, the more we do it, and the more we react to it versus acting. So those are kind of human human lessons, and that these guys are wonderful teachers. Um, <laughs> exactly. Joy, I wanted to get into something with you that is outside the scope of, honestly, my understanding. Um there were pe- there was almost almost my entire relationship with Hondo has been many 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 different things. Whether those are herbals, whether those are calming agents, whether those are GI soothing, GI fortifying. You know, so we were trying to build back up his gastrointestinal tract after these bleeding injuries and incidents and um, discomfort. And um, we had at one time we had him on two different kinds of herbs, two different kinds of calming agents, two different three different kinds of GI tract um, concoctions and, of course, the food and the exercise and you mm-hmm. know, just, uh, just lists and lists and lists of things. And that mm-hmm. he, every time something would go, you know, take ten steps forward, two steps back, it was always quite um, a mystery. Like, okay, what, 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 what went wrong today or what went wrong or what doesn't he like? I guess that was my always my biggest question. Like, what the heck doesn't he like? Or if we would come into the office and he had lost a couple pounds. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to keep a track of his weight was so it is so critical. So mm-hmm. you chose to go, and I'm sure as a, a friend or a family member or somebody that just provides your family with services in a very unique way. Now, um, this 
process that was used. Um, I believe it's called a Sira. Is that correct? It was. It's an a Sira machine. Yes, and um, this, this is a friend of the. That. Yeah, this is this is a friend of the family, and it was you know we're just we're we're searching, um, yeah. and it's yeah. something that I use for my family. Um, frankly, what it is is it's a machine. It's it's not a diagnostic. Um, and um, she she says very specifically, you don't come to be diagnosed. Um, but it's a bioenergetic um, uh, machine, and what it, it it's very similar to, or it has traits that are similar to like kinesiology, or um, you could even say like polygraph type testing in reading the energy levels of the body. And sending um, in essentially questions into the body uh, through holding a couple of uh, a copper rods to cre- to complete a circuit, um, and it sends um, uh, bioenergetic waves into the body and then reads the response. Um, so it, it's dealing with the meridians. It's dealing with uh, knowing how the body is all energy. And that mm-hmm. each uh, how it how it responds to it can can tell you one way or the other if you're low in a certain vitamin if you're if if even if foods are not agreeing with you um, uh, or and and it's been very very uh, accurate um, with with my family and I and there are areas out there I have no idea how to find these practitioners that actually use them on animals. <laughs> And have had very good results. Um, I personally um, uh-huh. think of it kind of as a anyway, kind of like a shortcut, because in a lot of ways, in using um, herbs and in using um, uh, homeopathy or anything like that, uh, right. you are um, well. Let's see how this works. Okay, that's not working so well. Okay, let's try this one. Okay, this is okay, well, I, I but maybe a lot of education, a lot of information goes into you know, like this is how this should work, or this is um, you know, we know that it helps with this, or based on history right. or in some science and those types of things. And that with traditional Chinese medicine, especially with herbals and, and homeopathy, well, more with herbals, is that it has to be based on a traditional Chinese medicine diagnosis because right. herbals are extremely safe things, but you have to use them appropriately. It's not shotgun medicine. But right. we, have a, right. we have a creature like Hondo who, mm-hmm. in the midst of his recovery and in the midst of many, many, many different things going into his body at one time or in one day or in one piece, when he just kind of – he he just says, ooh, that's not good for me, or ooh, that right. doesn't feel so good, or that's negating. Or, as we, as some of us know, that – that sometimes when you put multiple things in there, even though they have a positive intent, they might bind up the positives of other things. You know, when you put right, many right, things right. in the bucket at the same time. So um, in our in our quest to do well and our quest to re- respond and treat and help our friends with what they tell us is going on today or tell us their underlying issues are or tell us their underlying constitutions are, we're not; they're just not the same creatures every single day. So the, exactly, uh, era, it sounds like. Well, I can look at your papers right now, Aaron. That you cho- chose to come off some things that he tested, and I'm not sure the right words are tested negatively for tested that he didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. 
and that that seemed to go fine. And then we switched out some of his, especially like his probiotics and trying to replant his gastrointestinal garden so he mm-hmm. could absorb things. Um, about, that was a long haul, but that was um, a new technique, a new modality that, like from what you're saying, is mostly a human thing and that uh, you yes. chose to extend that to Big Hondo there. Um, can you um, tell our listeners here, a brief definition of your understanding of what kinesiology is, because that people ask that all the time, and um, I my answer is usually very technical. So can you please just give us an idea of your understanding of kinesiology and what the benefits are that you're looking for by pursuing that for yourself, your family, and of course for Hondo. Um, well, let's see. Uh, kinesiology being like muscle testing, um, it's kind of the same idea except having to go through the brain and um i'm trying not to say right right um (laughs) going by asking the body a question and having the response come through a weakness or strength in muscles um uh i've had my arm held up i've had um fingers you know to see if you can grasp your fingers um and uh but it's 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 I don't know how it works but it seems to work. <laughs> um, no, that, that's that's the answer isn't it though because Yeah, I mean don't, it, it, it I don't You know that's it's it's this this um yeah, I mean I <laughs> many things. I mean the same with the uh, serotype machine and stuff. I'm incredibly skeptical, but then when you find out that it kind of works, but it still has to be your gut and what you feel. Exactly. So exactly. So I mean, and ask you that question is because I have the same problem with things that I believe in, which are like for me simply acupuncture. It's like okay, I believe it. I know it works. I see it work. Right. I do it every day. And right. people will say, so how does that work? And I just kind of smile and just tilt my head. I'm like, you just kind of add, well, add, add, um, <laughs> it just I'm does. Like, <laughs> I can. I will. I can absolutely. We can sit down. We can have coffee. I can show you the charts. They said we can do. I can tell you how it works with my meridians and my you know my points and my this and my collaterals and I said but it's a year long class for goodness gracious and it's also a three thousand four thousand year old modality I said I don't actually have to know how it works because I know it works I believe in it and that each creature is different and you, there's no point prescription there's no drug there's no there's no uh, two patients that present with the same issue. Exactly. Aren't going to have the same modality. Aren't going to have the same points. They're not going to have the same. And so sometimes my answer <laughs> to folks is, yeah, I, 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 I know, and I know because it works. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a reverse answer. It's kind of the same thing that you just gave me about the kinesiology and the experiment. It's like I actually just believe, and I know how to do it. And I know how to do it safely, and I have the books. I've read the books, and we can talk about it. I can give you. My collaterals, I can give you, you know, tongue and pulse diagnosis. I, you know, I, but my my umbrella answer is that I believe it, and they, they, you know, these creatures different, and that I know, I know it works. I know it works. So, unfortunately, it's not extremely scientific. <laughs> and well, and people, that's that's the problem, or not the problem, but that's the challenge. Is yes. um, in in my experience, um, not not just with Hondo. And in veterinary care, but also for my family and I in our health care, is um, you 
as far as as meeting the practitioner, uh-huh. it's more than just book learning, and it's it, it's <laughs> it's experience, it's um, and it's it's really to find a practitioner who's not willing to to just go through oh A plus B plus C plus C, you know oh this, that doesn't work let's try this let's try this let's try this, but it's someone uh-huh. who can really. Feel like I said. You, wa- I walk in the door, and you can tell something's off. Um, it's I, I, I don't want to say intuitive, but it's a, I don't know, being more aware, um, and that's not measurable. No, no, and, and uh, it's it. I can only speak for myself. I definitely don't want to put words in your mouth, but it matters. I think you know, it, it matters. does matter. I um many times when I'm, I'm I'm absolutely sure I said to you in the beginning uh, as I try to say to everybody is that. The most important thing that we have together, the, the the group of us, usually it's three of us, my you know myself and a client, and then a two-legged and a four-legged, let's say, and that, that we're really comfortable with each other, that we not necessarily trust each other yet, but we're comfortable, and that the things that I'm saying chime true to you, and that right. they make you feel like, oh, okay, and even if we don't understand the science, the modality, the book smarts that go behind it, that it's like, does, does what I'm saying make sense to you, or does it make you go, ugh? What a crock, you know, those types of things. Because we're not going to fight upstream against discomfort or upstream against trusting your gut. And right. um, I know that those are outside the box thinking, but it's, I guess, what is it, 80%, 80% of my practice? <laughs> well, it is. And and I frankly, there's been times that you and I have been reading through something and, you know, we look at each other and I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling that. You know, it might say it in there, but it's not feeling right. Or there's been times um that I'll pick up you were we're trying a supplement for him and every time I pick it up I just get this feeling you know I'll go ahead and give it to him but then it's like all right you know the first thing I'm going to cut if he's having a reaction is going to be that Mm -hmm. because that Uh is giving me a weird you know it's not ringing true for me yeah and that's that's so important now I would like to um change gears a little bit and have you talk about Pondo's Skin. Now, um, not not the big Hondo skin, <laughs> because that would take a long, long, long time. But um, we had some skin issues with him where he would, you know, scratch himself and open things up and have self-inflicted wounds and not horrifying stuff, but chronic itch. And his skin was brittle and so on and so forth. Especially his feet pads. If you could share um, with the listeners oh. about the pads of his feet and that um, uh, the <laughs> That the trial and error we went through to help get this dog comfortable and heal his wounds, and we all have to remember that being humans, we're quite fortunate that we can. We only walk, we're only bipeds. We only walk on two of our, you know, our our feet there. Right. And these guys don't have a choice. They're they're quadrupeds. They're putting all their pressure, especially on their fronts, and sitting down in a cocktail chair or getting with crutches or choosing not to get up go to the bathroom or limping somewhere, they're not options for these guys. So when they hurt themselves, whether it's a, a wound or an abrasion or something, that they they end up putting chronic stress and pressure on these wounds, making bandaging difficult. So um, if you wouldn't mind telling a little bit of a story, and I've got a list of all the fun things that we tried on here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How that worked or didn't work or loved it, hated it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, this is a typical response for every creature that's out there, but he's very special, so I'd like you to um, tell us what happened and 
how you dealt with it would be great. Yes, my special boy. Um, <laughs> at one point, he had he he was so itchy and so yeasty yeah, that yeah. Um, he would chew off his pads on his feet. And um, at one point, every single foot had at least yep. one pad, if not more, ripped off and bloodied. How long does it take Honda to rip his feet off? Oh, like five minutes. Five minutes, that's right. That's important that people know that it's not like you watch <laughs> oh, it happen for days and weeks. It's like you go to use no. the restroom, you come back to the dog's feet, or, you know, like he just goes right at himself. So go ahead. And yes, and this once, I, once again I say this dog is incredibly talented <laughs> and incredibly smart. And he has figured it out, even though the poor guy has the uh, the cone on his head. The cone, um, of, he, the cone of shame. The cone of shame. I could, yes, <laughs> um, the hood, his hood. Um, he uh, he can get around it. He he has these beautiful long legs, and has managed to um, be able to tip his cone just right to where he can fit and get to every single foot, even though he has his cone on. He's even managed <laughs> to get to his tail head. Uh, the yes. top tip of yes. top of his tail with the cone on. Um, he, he's like the Houdini of dogs. It's crazy. Yes. But yes. he has had, and, and I was, I was thinking I should have probably. Um, you had me send in uh, a couple pictures for a uh, website or or something, and I should have sent it in a picture because at one point he would we would have the vet wrap tape on all four of his feet. Yes. And then then we would have. Socks. I, I, I raided my son's um, soccer sock drawer, and we would have knee-high socks on every one of his feet mm-hmm. with that wrap over the top to keep him from pulling it off. And then he would have a sweatshirt on a sweatshirt, to keep him from yes. itching under mm-hmm. his armpit, and then he'd have his hood on. And I'd take him for walks looking like that because... Embarrassing. He, oh, yeah. It, we got <laughs> lots of lovely comments. Um <laughs> Because by ripping off his feet, it caused then his feet to swell yeah, to um, yeah. some of them almost twice their size. And, and with Honda, we're dealing with circulatory issues. We're dealing with blood deficiency issues. We're dealing with it's not just his feet. I mean, holistic <laughs> medicine no. is looking at him as a whole creature. And I do want to say one thing that for our listeners or for folks that we've come into contact with through my experience and yours, that when people see something like that or they have experience, they'll say things like, well, if you just put, what is it, a, a cup of vinegar and a gallon of water and <laughs> put it over them, it'll kill the, the yeast and blah, 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 and, um, and which, okay, and I, I'm not, of course, diagnosing, treating, preventing anything. It's just that something that maybe a groomer would say, you know, just kind of like, and they're trying to be helpful, don't get me wrong, but our baby here, first of all, he has open wounds. He's yeah, you don't want vinegar. In the other places on his skin, and the idea of putting anything with vinegar on a dog that's already irritated, anxious, and has open wounds—it's not a good idea, in my opinion. So, <laughs> so when you run it, when you run into folks that are trying to be helpful, like, oh, my dog needs to have that. You can do X, Y, and Z. For me, unless you've had your hands on the dog, you've asked a million questions, and you have a relationship with the two-legged and the four-legged, you don't just go throwing stuff at them. You know, it's important that we have that first do-no-harm relationship and sometimes trying to address things like that, and I know you've been through it, can be a little bit uncomfortable, or if you try it and you're like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, so, backpedal. Yeah, yeah, well, and exactly. this is, you know, I, I got things, anything from raw diet 
to, oh, try this, these drops, oh, try the vinegar and water, oh, have uh-huh. you soaked them in vitamin C crystals, have you done this, have you, I mean, so many different things, and I would come and say, I know, I'm just going to ask, this was suggested, <laughs> what do you think? Um, and then we would do it together exactly. in that partnership exactly. you talked about, and um you know, at one point he was doing pretty well, and you said, oh, if you want to try some of the vinegar. And I got home and I looked at him, and I'm like, no, he's still got some open wounds. I can't get around those, so we're not going to do that. Um, but, yeah, it was it was uh, fun with with him. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and but and he's not in a sweatshirt anymore. I mean, he looked like a reject from the circus for a while. He, he, um, it was it was <laughs> I know. But see, I had to walk him. Even though I knew his feet were so painful, I had to walk him because when I didn't walk him, his feet yeah. would swell up even more and become even more painful and split. Plus, so you, you we had to keep the circulation going. Yeah. And, of course, the best place to walk him was on our town square that was nice and paved and shady. <laughs> And right. we got, well, yeah, I mean, people were like, really? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to well, that dog? <laughs> right, and, and who's your doctor? Because that's not. Um, okay. <laughs> well, not and the frankly. Best, not the best advertising for business, for sure. Man. I know, but, you know, I could have put a T-shirt from your clinic on him, you know. Yeah. Let's spend the last couple, 13 minutes together talking about the use of our acupuncture and our B12 injections and those types of things on an ongoing basis to try to address and either fortify or help to um, counter the things that he would show us or tell us in his ever-fluctuating life. Because um, I think that, that that's a huge, import, a huge importance to his process. Right. Uh, I mean, it, pretty much every, well, every time we've gone in, we, we use the acupuncture. And um, I see a difference because he's, he's a dog that um, will throw off heat. And what uh-huh. I mean by that, yes. you know, you touch him, and he, he, I mean, he practically burns your hand, but just in a, mm-hmm. one spot or two spots. And there's also been times you reach down and touch him, at, and you go, well, I didn't think dogs sweat, but he's pretty much wet. He yeah, felt like damp, he was sweating. Damp, 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 yes, damp. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And so by using um, the acupuncture, I really saw a, a definite decrease in that. Um, I remember the days in the beginning when you and your husband and Honda would be in the office and he and you guys learned to come in and say, okay, he's hot here, he's hot there. Last night he was hot here and those types of things. Right. Every one of those fluctuations, everything that he does is telling us something based on our meridians, based on our experience, based on those types of things, along with his tongue diagnosis, his pulse diagnosis, his weight. There's, you know, a hundred things that we look at every time you walk in here. But... For him, I remember one of the days where your husband was there as well, and we threw, I threw needles, and his, not threw, of course, I gently placed needles in your dog. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, yes, very and gently. Just, just, just let him cook. You know, just, just let him stay here, just, you know, support him and talk to him, those types of things. And, you know, feeling that heat leave him in these specific mm-hmm. places and all of the rest of the points around it that were associated with the organ group or the collaterals or whatever we had to do that day and watch him physically 
cool down. Watch yes. the color of his tongue go from purple and lavender to maybe a pink, but nothing dark red. You know, it's kind of a scary red. That's you know, he we we could watch the physicality of him change and his comfort level change. And then I do remember your husband there one time actually felt his back and went wow. And that's yeah. the kind of thing I love is when people go wow. Did yeah, that work you can see fast? it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, like sticking it a, a vacuum tube in and <laughs> sucking it out. <laughs> it's it's really, really amazing. That's actually a very good analogy. I'm not really sure I'll use it, but uh, <laughs> we need to get our, you know, our our traditional Chinese medicine vacuum cleaner out. I'm not really sure right. I'll be able to do that. But uh, And he, um, we, for him, not only because of the gastrointestinal compromise he um, has or had, with the state he was in when I met him, coming out of the hospital. Now, his diagnosis was gastritis, anemia, helicobacter, allergies, ulcers, masses, you know, bleeding from each end. And knowing how healthy can your GI tract be to actually be so hot, so red, hot, swollen, loss of function, to actually crack open and bleed. Now, those things need to be addressed not only with the probiotics, the heat out of them with food and needling, you know, acupuncture, of course, and herbals, herbals, herbals. But um, being able to see him peel, I guess it's a strange analogy for you, but we, we kind of peeled him like an onion, in my opinion. Every exactly. time we took off the top layer of what he told us was going on today, because for me, and I know for you, uh, taking care of his immediate needs, pain, discomfort, uh, heat, itch, you know, happiness, joy, exercise, those types of things today is of primary importance. Of course we take care of them today. But getting to the underlying constitution, you know, dealing with the roots of his problem versus or in addition to cutting off his branches of issues um, was really, really important for me when we'd come in. But when we sort of peeled his issues and peeled his process like an onion, my goodness, there were some quite amazing surprises that he would come up with. <laughs> oh, so, yes. yeah. Um, his, uh, well, I can remember one of the most um, frustrating things um, for us was we would we would get him in a, a regimen and he would be doing spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And we would change nothing. And all of a sudden he'd have a flare-up. And um, I think that was part of the peeling back of those those layers is is it, it leveled out and then we'd have to say okay now what changed and it could have been the humidity level it could have been mm-hmm. my stress mm-hmm. level and um, that probably was the most um, frustrating um, and you know it's it's something something to definitely look at. Well, even for our listeners and everybody that we know with, you know, friends and family, for, you know, of course, there's no difference between what's going on with our four-legged and with us and such and our connection. But for him, he's so hot and he's so damp. and those are the, So when the weather changes and we get those damp, humid, thunderstorm days, the idea mm-hmm. that their pathology, their underlying dampness, their underlying heat would flare up, yeah, okay, you know, just, yeah, absolutely. Just like some people in damp environments get acne. Some people get things happen to their body or their mood or their diet. And with him, his list of allergens include a lot of grasses, weeds, trees, fungi, so on and so forth. So being out in the world causes him an allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. So even our choice to get him out in the world and walk him and let him play and be a dog 
comes with some risks. <laughs> right. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you just never know what what flares. What's gonna? Well, it's like getting um, a heat rash. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or something like that. You know, it's not that you. My, my daughter happens to get a heat rash, so I can say when it gets humid, she'll get a heat rash. Not that we've changed anything, and it's the same with him. You know, so it'll it'll flare up. So, but I do want to say that 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 this uh, this his his special challenges um, are in no way indicative of the breed. <laughs> Of dog because <laughs> because see we we had initially been also bringing um, our other Catahoula yes. uh, into you and mm-hmm. you know she had always been incredibly healthy and she you know we finally lost her in May and she was on the backside of sixteen when we lost her so right. um, you know other than you know getting in skirmishes with Havelina in the area <laughs> she's been incredible she was incredibly healthy so um, this is just um, my special boy. Yeah, and, and that being said, we're um, we got about a couple more minutes here. But that being said, it's such a good point, Joy, that that each creature, regardless of, and you know, with our four leggeds, you know, whether it's the breed or the this or the that, or it's humans, it's just you know, people are different. When we look at what um, their constitution, you know, everyone has a different kind of constitution, mm-hmm. underlying branches, our our jing, you know, what were we given at the time of um, Concession and birth, and what challenges did we face during our developmental period, whether it's the first three months, the first three days with our colostrum? There are so many things that play into the puppy or the dog or those types of things that you get. And uh, breed, breed aside, stress aside, and current household conditions aside, there are so many things, unfortunately, that we don't know. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we, don't, we missed out. We, know, we, don't, we don't know how those pieces of information. So, we kind of have to go off of what they tell us. And my personal opinion is that information seeking and traditional Chinese medicine really um, sheds a light on that much more so than when I was practicing in traditional medicine. So um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that idea in the next couple minutes that we have before we have to um, say goodbye. But um, how do you yeah. how do you feel about about that thought? Um, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh that um it's 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 i think the uh the naturopathic um healing is it's it's like fine tuning um what the um the traditional allopathic uh medicine can do um mm-hmm. and uh it's much more it's seeing the big picture rather than putting a band-aid on something Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know not saying that that's that's how how it is, but in some instances yes it is. Um, and rather than just looking at um, say the sore on the foot, it's looking why that sore is there and what is causing him to do that, and then start mm-hmm. working your way back um, into the big picture. Um, and you really have to pay attention. Um, to, and it's not it, like it's not an easy fix. It's it's studying <laughs> even for the the owner the client you you study you're you're studying your dog you're you're studying and frankly you're getting online and reading some stuff too and and uh, you make you make you would make the copies and say here read up on that and tell me what you think on that is this is is this uh you know fitting him um, right. cuz right. you, you can point. only see when we walk in right 
Right, right. Um, and the client, the client for me, the client information is key, right? You, you need to, everybody, all the, all the humans need to be as well educated as possible to ask very insightful questions and, and address the wide, wide range of things that we try to do on a daily basis. But client information versus here, take two of these and call me in the morning, it's time consuming. It's asking a lot of a lot of people. And in our last couple minutes, can you personally address our listeners and just address your um, how you cope, basically, with the extent, the depth, and the breadth of his treatment to have him be part of your family and have the best quality of life possible? Because I know you've been through the ringer with him, and then you also have a life that doesn't include a, your dog and your family. You know, so you you have things you need to do that aren't all about Honda, which is crazy. But um, if you could just address that in the next minute or so, that w- I would really appreciate it. Because it's hard for people. It's really hard. It's 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 very, very hard. I mean, I go off, um, uh, you know, just, just going to the school and volunteering in my children's school and then having to think of how long am I leaving him um, by himself. Um, and the good thing is it gets, certainly gets me out walking a lot more because he has to be exercised. I, I mean, there's times when the snow is falling, the rain's falling, and I'm out walking the dog going, yeah, okay, this could be a good thing <laughs> for myself. Um, but it's he's a teacher. He's a teacher for me. Yeah. And yes, it is yes, it's putting yes. yourself um he is a member of the family. And so um I look at him if he was human, what would I be trying to do for him? Um yeah. because he gives so much to us that we have to keep that in mind. Um Joy, and you you are perfect. That's all there is to it because you just <laughs> you just said everything I was hoping that people could hear and commiserate with and, and be uh, fortified and be joyful and just reinforce the things that I just love them and they're part of family. And-